Woo, what a wild day one of the MLB draft. Uh, This is an edited version of the live draft show that we did on YouTube Sunday night for the first round. Me and Jeff Ellis locked on Guardians, talking all about this draft, the picks we liked and didn't like, and some of the surprises and some of the best players left. So enjoy, and know we've got more coming in the pipe behind it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to the Locked On MLB Draft Extravaganza. I'm Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB Prospects. He's Jeff Ellis, host of Locked On Guardians and MLB Draft Extraordinaire. And Jeff, just... Right off the top, uh, what a what a wild first round. We're not even done yet, obviously. We're recording this at a 9.02. We're going live on YouTube right now. But a couple surprises there in the first round, including Kumar Rocker going third overall. Uh, your thoughts on just kind of some of this early results here from the draft? No, it's It was a crazy draft we expected. I mean, right now, it, you know, I think it all gets summed up best with the fact that the Vegas odds on the top overall pick went through three different players in the last 48 hours. And then uh, the player selected was none of those three. (laughs) (laughs) And we've still got a a consensus top 10 guy who we're sitting here, I think picked, you know, I I know Jeff's helping us, but I'm sure he's a little distracted right now as I believe the reds are on the clock. Uh, You know, it's like, did the reds push cam Collier down this thing? Did they promise him some money to get him down? I mean, it's, it's just, we have a consensus top 10 prospect still left. Uh, very similar to a year ago at this time. And then mm-hmm. we have, you know, I think, a lot of curveballs or, or sliders, if you're talking Cade Horton and uh, Gabriel Hughes. I mean, there's so many ways to go. It's been uh, it's been very interesting. You know, I, I think the best thing I did to prepare for this was I did an 80-pick mock draft last night. And just to go through and look at the names for this class and to see how quickly it starts to peter out in the second round, so I'm a little bit surprised that we're seeing a lot of teams, it looks like, go a little under slot early. Yeah. Okay. So let's just, let's get right into that. You kind of mentioned some of the guys going, going under slot early. The first one, and the first real big surprise, other than Drew Jones not being number one, I think was Kumar Rocker at number three to the Rangers. Now, for, for, from what I understand, uh, you know, saw some stuff from Bryce Patrick, our host of, of Locked On Rangers. He was talking about... Um, they the Rangers got the the medicals for Kumar Rocker and the deal came into about two million dollars under slot. So it's something where I just find it really interesting that that he went like we we were discussing where in the first round does Kumar Rocker go and then there he goes he drops it at number three. Um, is that too high for Kumar Rocker? Do you think the two million dollar savings makes it worth it? And do you feel better since they got the medicals for him? to go ahead and make that pick at three? Uh, no, because plain and simply, even if he was Kumar Rocker of a year ago and 100% healthy, uh, he uh, he wouldn't be the third best player in this class. So for me, I just look at this as like, even the Kumar Rocker that we saw a year ago uh, is not wasn't worth being the third player in this class. And yeah, $2 million is a nice amount of savings, but... Kumar Rocker, that still means he's getting 5.59 million. That's that's a big chunk of change for a guy who, you know, he fell to 10 last year for a reason. That was before the medicals. Like, he's not a clean prospect. So, yeah, they see the medicals. Yeah, that made them feel better. But it still feels like an overdraft and an overpay. But maybe I'm just being too negative here. What are your thoughts? So, I mean, 
I think that he's he's shown the talent. And for me, the question was uh, medical. Was was he healthy? Did he know? And and it's a very interesting situation as far as comps. Like when you watch him pitch, I very much think of like an Alex Manoa type, where big bodied guy throws a ton of strikes. And I'm just kind of, I like the pick. I think it's interesting that you have now Rocker and Lighter. I'm still not 100% sure if I'm cool with it being at number three. Like you said, it is still $5.5 million. Uh, and there's something there that scared uh, the Mets away from giving him an offer at all last year. And we know the Mets aren't afraid to spend money. Uh, so as of now, I like it. And I think I like it because I don't have the big concern that I had, I think has been covered, but I ultimately don't think we have a full final answer on this in a good, you know, three to five years. We just don't necessarily know what's the health of that arm going to do long-term that elbow, that shoulder. And so what happens from there? Um, Interesting one that I want to talk to you about. Uh, I've heard a lot of stuff. A lot of folks love this, but uh, Tamar Johnson at four to the pirates. So they announced him as a shortstop. He talked about, he wants to be the shortstop of the future. I think we're in agreement. He's a second baseman. And so that makes him the, the highest ever selection for a second baseman. How do you feel about Tamar Johnson at four to the pirates? So, I mean, I think it's a great pick. Again, he was, the third player overall in this class to me. So I'm not gonna have a problem with them taking him at four. There were guys I liked maybe a little bit better, but uh, they were also closely graded. I thought, you know, you look at what he brings to the table, just in terms of an advanced approach. Uh, like you're looking at a chance for plus, plus hit plus power. Mm-hmm. He's a potential, you know, middle of the order, all-star type of hitter position was always a question. There's going to be some doubters because of his size. Uh, so I think that, you know, I, I, I thought it was a strong pick. I, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily like my favorite pick just because often like, let's be honest, your favorite pick is that guy who slid. It's going to be someone who's more of a, a value, but I think the pirates did really well. And I think uh, when you get right down to it, like I, I really like what they did there. Uh, just the, the offensive profile is as good as anyone in this class. Yeah. And I think it's, it's something where, and I'm a little guilty of this too, uh, is, kind of looking at everything else and forgetting about the hit tool and how good the hit tool was. We talked about 70 grade. We talked about maybe, you know, like I saw one or two reports that had an 80 grade, but most of it was kind of consensus 70 grade around the hit tool, looking at like a 60 grade for the power. And it's, it's something where I'm like, Oh yeah, well the physical attributes were struggling here. Uh, well, he stuck defensively at second. Like, well, if you're a good enough hitter, it doesn't matter what position you play. And so I think part of that was just us, and me, among many people who did this, focusing too much on the minutia and for like focused on the, the the trees instead of the forest. The forest is this is a dude with an amazing hit tool that is going to rake for a long time. And I got too worked up on the little things like, you know, how tall he is, or he's playing second instead of short. So I think it was a big pick. Um, Cam Collier finally off the board to the Reds. Fantastic news there. So. Uh, All right, looking at the back half of the top 10, and I have a couple picks out of here that I'm saving for the next segment for the picks I like and picks I think were risky. But uh, back half, Elijah Green at five to Washington. Jacob Berry goes at six to the Marlins. Cade Horton to the Cubs at seven. Brooks Lee to the Twins at eight. Gavin Cross to Kansas City at nine. Gabriel Hughes to the Rockies. Right there, what of those stands out to you as that was a great selection? 
um, and just kind of like a good fit for the team. Like Brooks Lee, just in terms of the value, it's like we know he's gonna, we know he's gonna hit. We know that he's gonna move quickly. I I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he has to move off of shortstop. Like mm-hmm. it, the odds are not in his favor, but I think there's a chance he becomes a short. He's able to stick there. So you're looking at just a very safe profile, a guy who you know he would have been a high pick out of high school if he didn't want to go pay for his dad at Cal Poly. Uh, I, to me, that's the standout in the second half of the background. I, I think. The most interesting thing is this is I've been doing this for 14 years now. This is the worst college group I've ever seen. And we have three college pitchers going the top 10, <laughs> which I just it's unbelievable. So I when especially when you have like two in the back half of that top 10. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was it, it was an interesting grouping overall. I, I didn't actually love the back half of the top 10, if I'm being honest. Well, Jeff, you're you're talking to the guy who recorded a promo that played for like every locked on baseball show that we have that said we may not have a pitcher taken in the top 10 for the first time since the draft was instituted in the 60s and here we are number three uh, number number seven number 10 and so three of them go um i think for me and i want to get to i'm gonna hold kevin prada for the next segment i love the dylan lesko pick at 15 so aj preller with san diego they've done this before this is the thing they did with cal quantrill they take a guy in the first round um who's been you know, who's, who is having TJ, but was seen as a candidate to be the number one overall pick in this draft before he got hurt. They take him at 15 um, and you get a, you know, consensus top three, top five talent when he's healthy. And one concern with Lasco is um, I know they're better at it now, but that Padres pitching developmental system is, uh, you know, the, what has been one of the worst in baseball. So you're right. putting a guy in there. Now they've done a lot. Uh, when I threw out that tweet, um, Rob Marcello was brought up and Ruben Niebla who left Cleveland is fantastic. They're doing a lot to, to fix that, but I do, I'm still waiting. I mean, Mackenzie Gores is, is the only home run guy. There's a reason why, even though they've drafted all of these pitchers, they have to keep going and trading for pitching uh, in that grouping. Listen, Jet Williams was a top 10 player on my board. I was alone in this, but he's five foot eight. If he was five foot ten, we'd be having very similar discussions about him and Tamar Johnson being like they're they're a comp for each other. They're very very similar types, and just in terms of approach and size and position and athleticism, I mean, he might be a better pure athlete than Tamar. Tamar is a better hitter, mm-hmm. but it's it's not a huge gap in either of those things. So to get him at fourteen after grabbing grabbing Parada, they got two top ten players for me, and uh, you know I the Mets they're just killing it. And if you sat there and looked at the grade, I gave Kumar rocker a year ago and the grade I gave uh, Parada this year, Parada had the higher grade. Like I, to me, that's, those are fantastic picks. Uh, when I'm looking at those, I, I, you know, going through there, I mean, Jung was a, a top 10 prospect in this class to me as well. I thought this was a due to some of those surprise picks. There were some really talented players to get through. Chase DeLouder going to your guardians at 16. Your thoughts. One, am I saying his name wrong? Is it DeLouder or DeLauder? I always think it's DeLauder, but I okay. could be wrong. Okay. I usually uh, get know, things I, wrong. That's kind I mean, of I do too. So it's, you know, that's we, we, uh, my listeners know that that's the case. Uh, so it's funny. If you go back when we did our mock draft together, Mm-hmm. That's who I mocked to the Guardians. I don't know you if did. you remember that. I, you I had did. You him, nailed but, it. Yeah. I know, but ne- then I didn't follow through on either of my mocks today with him <laughs> there. Uh, but you know, he always fit, and the reason. And a lot of people. I've been streaming. I've been hopping around all day, and everyone's like, "You seem a little down." It's like 
it's nothing to do with the lottery. It's just I was a big Collier guy. Now it's very clear that Collier was uh, was floated down the board to the Reds. Uh, so that that worked out well for the Reds. The lottery was the third best player left on my board. Uh, he is. And for everything I talked about on that show, the Guardians really value the Cape. He was a monster. Like at the end of the Cape last year, you just said this is a top three pick. That's you know, that's exactly where I was. That's about to what go it comes to. And, it's, and yeah, he gets. To, in my opinion, he gets unnecessarily uh, beat up because those Florida State lefties kicked his butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they kicked everyone's butt, and like it's hard. Like how many lefties struggle against lefties together? Those are two funky guys who are probably going to go in the second or third who look like future major, like th- those are hard for anyone to face. So to sit there and be like, that's the only competition he faced and he struggled. Well, it's like a- everyone struggled against that pairing. It's not like you can, you're going to base one weekend instead of the Cape where he faced also really good competition and just destroyed it. Uh, th- thanks, Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think he said he was the number three player on my board. I'm fine. If everything works out, he's an, he's an all-star. Uh, if, and a lot of guardians fans are very quick to be like, Oh, it's Bradley Zimmer all over again. Just wait. Bradley Zimmer at University of San Francisco, a small school program, was striking out 30% of the time even then. Uh, DeLauder has had more walks and strikeouts and strikeout percentages under 20% for his entire career. So just deep breath. It'll be okay. And if you anyone took it as me not being excited, no, I think he's he's a fantastic pick. It was just more about who was still on the board. Yeah. And, and context to some of those Cape Cod stats. So 34 games in 2021 for the Orleans Firebirds. Uh, bats 298, nine home runs, and then to to your point of the more walks than strikeouts, 21 walks to 18 strikeouts in 34 games. Um, so, you know, seven doubles, one triple, nine home runs. Hits for plenty of power, uh, walks more than he strikes out, gets on base plenty. So you have to absolutely love that. He did actually pitch four innings as well. Didn't go great. He may be an option for you guys as a position player pitching in blowouts. I don't think he's going to be your next um, Shohei Otani, though. Um, yeah, so we're hoping Will Brennan does that role. You know, former Kansas State lefty. That, that's our, our go-to guy. There you go. So as we're looking at, all right. So we've got obviously Justin Crawford at seventeen mm-hmm. to the Phillies. Cam Collier eighteen to Cincinnati. Daniel Susak at nineteen, and the Braves literally the pick is in, and we just don't quite have it yet. So in just a second, I want to get to uh, the picks that we like and the picks that we think were risky. I've got a couple up here for, but first. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. Uh, Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. And then Blue Nile's bench jewelers will handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. If you're looking for fine jewelry but you are having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. So save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that will not give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Okay, so real quick, we're through 20 picks now. I want to get um, a couple picks that you like and a couple picks that you think were risky. Let's take turns. I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go first. Uh, and I'm going to say a pick that I like is Kevin Parada. And a couple reasons that I like Kevin Parada at number 11. Um, one, 
is he goes to the Mets and the comp that I gave was Mike Piazza. So I just, it just, it's a great little bit of, um, of correlation there. But I think that, that the value that you can get, get getting Kevin Prada at 11 gives you the ability to turn around there at 14 and take a Jet Williams, take a prep guy, uh, have a little bit of, of spending there to try to pick him up. And then just having a guy that is this offensively polished. We've seen his strikeout rate drop just about every year. His power production went up. So down to 9.5% strikeout rate uh, this season. You know, hit 26 home runs. And then had the durability, the physical durability to not get fatigued towards the end of the season. I think his swing is unusual. There's a little bit of a concern there. And then obviously defensively, arm is well below average. Uh, he did improve his caught stealing rate. He went from 12% to about 22%, which is higher than I thought it would be. Uh, but I'm just not necessarily sure where his 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 mobility, his blocking, and kind of where all that's going to end up. So I'm not sure he sticks at catcher. He may end, I think he may end up having to move. But either way, really good pick. Player that I'm really high on, and I think at 11, great deal for the Mets. And as a Braves fan, I'm terrified he's going to terrorize us for the next decade now. You know, it's... For me, the, the standout selection, it goes to the Reds, Cam Collier. I had him number two on my board, and a big part of that is he's supposed to be a high school junior right now. Mm-hmm. Not, not a high school senior. He's supposed to be a high school junior. And he was hanging with 20-year-olds. He was hanging with people much older than him. The Cape experience you know, was short, and he wasn't the best performance. But he did so many good things. And he's got, again, just a that son of a player, that approach. Just it, when you're looking... You don't want to say it's safe because no one is really safe in the MLB draft, but right. it's a strong approach. It's maybe not the most exciting. It's it's a Cabron Hayes starter package is what I've mm-hmm. often said. The profile is a, you know, a plus regular at third base and a chance for more. Again, he's just 17. He's mm-hmm. doing things at 17 that most 17-year-olds don't do. Right. And I think the Reds being able to get him where they got him really stand. I mean, it was like I am number two on my board. So mm-hmm. They floated him way down there, and to me, he's the player that stands out in terms of this year's, uh, you know, so far what we've seen in this draft class. I want to give a guy that I like, and this is the hard part about the draft, is it's not just talent, it's money and other things and stuff. So, like, a guy that I like, that I think it's a little bit of a risky pick, is Cade Horton at seven to the Cubs. So, you know, Cade Horton... um, I see a lot of like in the scenario, a lot of that same that that same thing as Dylan Cease had a Tommy John as an amateur. In his case, uh, he actually so Kate Horton started this year off playing third base for Oklahoma. He didn't actually get back on a mound competitively until March 29th, and yet um, he you know he he goes and he's entirely here because of the. Uh, because of the College World Series, right? He's only thrown 53 and two-thirds innings in his college career. Uh, he was a 2020, um, he was a freshman in 2020, lost that year, obviously. He had the surgery, 2021, you know, doesn't do much. But in the postseason, five appearances, 31 innings, 261 ERA, 49 strikeouts. He looks fantastic in Omaha. And it shoots him up from, and we talked about this last week when we were talking about pitchers in the top 10, and we said, Kate Horton wasn't even on draft boards two months ago. And now we're here talking about him as a top 10 pick. And it's something where he's very fastball slider heavy. I don't necessarily think that third pitch is there. And, and 
a guy with such a short track record. I like him. I think he's a good pitcher. I just don't necessarily know if top 10 is where I would have drafted him. It feels like it's a jumping on the next hot thing versus a well-scouted and in-depth pick. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and your sports info. You can get the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news. Uh, obviously, they've been a big help for us. And and Jeff touched on earlier in the show, we've seen the odds for the number one pick change multiple times over the last 48 hours. So it's really interesting to be able to kind of track and see who was the favorite to go based on the betting markets. Interesting how that I even works. looked at like uh, the over-under spots and used that as a guideline as well. Honestly, like looking at like, I think Jace Jung was 12 and a half. Uh, Brock Porter was, no, Brock Porter was 12 and a half. But you know, there were some ones like that. It was interesting to see. So there's a lot of fun things. It's not just that top pick. I, I uh, my, if you go and listen to the mock draft I did and laugh at me about it, uh, you can hear, I, I used all of their data because Vegas has that data that, you know, they may not have gotten this one, but they're going to get most. Yeah. BetOnline is is a great source for, you know, whether it's live betting, esports, stuff about it's not just actual games, the draft, obviously. They have all kind of other sports, MMA, boxing, golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. I'm going to go with the, the recent selection, Cooper Zerpe. Uh Maybe a surprise that he's a risk, but I don't like unicorns. That's uh, kind of one of those things I've talked about on Lockdown Guardians. That's why I was lower on guys like Tristan McKenzie when he's coming up because there's literally nobody with his height to weight profile. And there is no starting pitcher in baseball with Cooper Sherpe's release point. They're all relievers. He has a reliever's release point. So the question is, can he be successful? Can he work as a starter? I think he could be, I mean, the, the floor is high. He has two plus secondary offerings and the fastball moves enough that I mean, you put him in the bullpen, he could be better than like what Garrett Crochet has been when healthy for the White Sox. But I think that you're picking a, I think there's a big risk when you're drafting a guy here when, I mean, there's a large corner of the industry that already says he's just a reliever. Uh, I, you know, I think I wouldn't do that. I would definitely throw him out there and see if it works, but I'm, I'm nervous. I I don't bet on unicorns. And for me, I would want, uh, he's the guy I'm letting someone else draft. Yeah. Talking about a guy that I'm letting somebody else draft. And again, I like the player, but I don't necessarily like where he was drafted. Jacob Berry at six. So I think we can agree offensive talent. He's pretty special. Um, and I, I think he's going to be a successful big leader. But the issue to me is I feel like he profiles at first base or DH. And to take that inside the top 10 feels like you're giving you're picking a one-dimensional player. Whereas you absolutely... <clears throat> could could wait a little bit later in the draft and find similar power production uh, and not have to use the premium of a top 10 pick. Uh, so, and the thing here is like power, of course, tons of power. I mean, uh, has a really unusual stance. He's kind of, a, kind of in a crouch, has his hands above his shoulders, but he can just load it. He can um, damage fastballs up in the zone, especially from the right-hand side kind of can hit to all fields. I think his power's better from the left-hand side than the right-hand side, but the point is, switch hitter, I think they're going to throw him in the um I think they're going to throw him in the outfield, but I just think he probably ends up profiling as a first baseman or a DH cuz defensively, the speed's not there, the arm's not there, the defensive instincts don't seem to be there. Um so a little bit questionable to me, not the player, but just taking him in your top 10. Feels like it's a little bit too early to take a one-dimensional guy like that in your top 10. 
I want to ask this question to you. So we saw Brandon Barrera just come off the board to Toronto. And he's a guy that removed himself from competition partway through his senior year because he wanted to prepare for the draft and he wanted to avoid the injury risk. Um, Going at 23, when he was considered to be a middle of the first round prospect, so it looks like he fell maybe a little, but not a ton. Do you think that this could have the potential to have more guys start opting out of the high school playoffs where a coach will throw you five times in two weeks trying to win a championship if they're projected to be high draft picks in, in baseball? I mean, it should. <laughs> Too many college games or, or college high school games where it's like, hey, we're going for a state championship. I want you to go out there and throw 140 pitches uh, when we go 13 innings. And it's like when you started two days ago. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, where it's like I hear people be like, oh, you know, they're not going on anywhere. It's not a big deal. I've seen that happen with kids with scholarship money going to like Big Ten schools because I'm up here in Wisconsin. So it's like it happens to those guys. And I mean, even if it's just like me, like if I was out there doing that at that age, uh, you can seriously jack up your shoulder forever. And Mm -hmm. that's the thing. Like you can go through none of these. For the most part, a lot of these college and high school coaches don't have your best interests so you know i think setting yourself down avoiding the injury risk i think it's i think he made a smart move and i i don't have a problem with that i know there's probably already like four people in the chat who have issues but i i think it's a smart move quick preview of what what we're going to talk about next there's a couple guys that we still like on this board guys that we're really excited about um from one right from uh, just our mock Spencer Jones. You nailed this in our mind. I just, sorry to interrupt you, but. No, you are, hey, if you're giving me credit, I absolutely love you interrupting me. Yeah, Spencer Jones uh, from Vanderbilt going to the Yankees. That's a conversation. I talked to a lot of people about that and said, hey, I think this is the pick that might happen. Uh, it kind of, it, he, he fits the profile of what they're trying to do. And I like that. You know, I see the question about best names this year. I feel like it's not been a great names draft if i'm honest there's it not has been not of, been a great names you know, draft. i've been disappointed great, in the names it, it's one of those classes you know there's no itchy birds um very sad he never got drafted uh that that is a real person i'm not making it, itchy birds i can't remember where he used to play but that was one of my favorites you know no handsome monica no one like that i mean jet williams is yeah one of the better ones and that's not even that exciting yeah, Jet Williams is a good one. I um, okay. I will Orion, give you thr- Orion Keckering. There we go. Let's go with Orion Keckering. Uh, there is a Thrasher Steed. He's a pitcher out of Gulf Shores, Alabama. I'll give you that. Mm. Thrasher Steed is a great name. That is a good one. That is a great. That is a great draft name. Um, we've got. It looks like we've got about what Tampa Bay's pick is in. Um, so Tampa Bay graduated a ton of guys out of this system. It feels like recently. Uh, have guys right now they can't find playing time for. Vidal Bruhan keeps moving back and forth between AAA and the bigs. He goes to Durham. He goes to Tampa, back to Durham. Played her all over the diamond. What does Tampa Bay need for this system? Do they need more pitching since they've graduated McClanahan and Boz and a couple other guys? Or where do they go here? You know, I I thought they were in a place to get pitching. Like I kept, I was mocking them because they have a bunch of picks. Like maybe they'd be the one who take Dylan Lesko if he slid. You know, Brock Porter is staring us in the eye. And, you know, remember they took Nick Bitsko a few years ago. And fun fact, last year they had the winningest minor leagues of all time. 
Three of their four minor league affiliates won the championship. The fourth one played for the championship, and the winning percentage was the best collectively of any minor league organization uh, in modern baseball history. So tons of talent. Would be the guy it's to look Xavier at. Isaac, who is somebody that we oh. talked about as one of those first baseman slash DH kind of guys. Tons That's of very raw power. high for him. That is very high for another one of those one dimensional, um, you know, like polarizing you have to hit you have to hit for power because that's the only thing you have and like this he 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 feels like he's probably one of the highest risk high like risk reward guys in this entire draft so he's um like i mean yeah he's i mean he's built like a defensive tackle uh but it's like a first base only prospect uh it's that's I mean, that's the risk profile. That's very interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't see that. I mean, again, he's he's six four two forty. He's a he's a big dude. He's a big boy. Outside of power, there's an a carrying tool. I I I didn't have this. This is the most surprising first round pick because this is the only player in the first round so far that is like no one had that first round grade. So uh, that's interesting. I, I mean, I'll you know we never know bonuses and the like. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the first guy really in this. It's the first guy drafted. Let's put it this way: outside of like Kate Horton, where there were other reasons who was not in my top fifty. Yeah, and it's something where you know he had, I think he had a foot injury, and so he didn't do showcases and stuff in twenty twenty one. So we haven't really seen him against top competition either. First prep, first baseman picked in the first round since Nick Prado in twenty seventeen. Um, and I say that Tristan Casas was drafted as a third baseman in twenty eighteen and was yeah. moved to first base by the Red Sox. So. So first prep, first baseman picked in the first round since 2017 in Nick Prado. And Nick Prado actually played over the weekend for the uh, for the Royals. Um, oh, in, yeah, because of all of their... In Toronto, because they issues. lost a lot of guys. Yeah, so, all right. So if folks want to f- keep up with all of your uh, draft content and Guardians content throughout the week and going forward, how can they do that? Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft, nice and simple. Uh, or subscribe to Lockdown Guardians. Uh, the YouTube uh, is always appreciated. Uh, or subscribe to the pod. I, uh, you know, thank you to everyone. And thank you to Jeff for doing the grunt work behind the scenes and for Lindsay for being the the pilot of this whole thing. I get the easy job. I just show up and, and talk, talk too much. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't have to do anything. So I appreciate just being the guy who just shows up and rambles. So, I mean, the Jeff and Lindsay have to actually do the work of the day. So, just big kudos to them both. Anyway, we're going to have more about this uh, this draft all week. You can follow me. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show is on Twitter at Locked On Farm. You can subscribe to Locked On MLB Prospects for your podcast and on YouTube. Again, big shout out to producer Jeff from Locked On Reds in the background there helping us out. Um, and if you have questions for the show, you have questions about, about your team's draft, we're going to be covered, and I'm sure, but send those to us on Twitter. He's Jeff Ellis is on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Thank you for tuning in to the Locked On MLB Live MLB Draft Show. Y'all have a good night. Mm-hmm.